Hello, I'm Rhiannon. You're listening to Global Questions, the podcast breaking down international news and politics. Today, another one of our monthly Trailblazer episodes, where we chat with young professionals about their global careers. Bringing students together to play music, that was something unacceptable for the Taliban. So it was stressful and challenging, but it was also very rewarding work because I knew that we were the only ones doing it. My guest today is Janielle Bay, a music educator from Melbourne who has taken her passion internationally to empower young people through music and education all across the world. She's taught and run music workshops in Israel, Zimbabwe, Kenya, Rwanda, India and the United Arab Emirates and has been the head of piano in the Afghanistan National Institute of Music since 2018 and into the period of the Taliban takeover in 2021. Danielle tells me about how she transformed her creativity and passion for music into a career that has taken her all over the world, how she's developing programs for social change and peace building through music, her inspirations and motivations in her career, what it was like during the Taliban takeover for not only women and girls, but for her teaching music as a foreigner, and ultimately, how to turn your passion into a meaningful and impactful career helping others. Danielle, welcome to the Global Questions podcast. We're super excited to have you today. Hi, Rhiannon. Nice to be here too. So just to kick things off, are you able to give us a bit of context about who you are and what you currently do? So I have been a music educator. I was um, trained in Melbourne, Australia. Um, Shortly after I finished my master's there, um, I moved to Afghanistan where I worked as um, a piano instructor at the only music institute in the country. And then um, just recently, about six months ago, um, I finished my three-year contract in Afghanistan. A lot of crazy things happened. And then I moved to Rwanda, um, where I'm teaching uh, as a performing arts and music teacher at an international school here in the capital city of Kigali. Amazing. So... If we can kind of wind it back a bit, when did you realize that uh, music and education and peace building was your passion? I think when I was um, about 17, 16, 17, I love reading um, books, um, particularly biographies of people who are doing crazy or amazing and inspiring things in different parts of the world, particularly places that have been affected by war um, or conflict. I I don't know, I always had a fascination reading about countries like Rwanda, Afghanistan, uh, Sudan, Sierra Leone. Um, And I I always felt like I want to use my passion for music to impact young people and to help them know that they can use creativity, they can use music as a way of personal um, expression. Um, expression, you know, um, in terms of the the things they've been through, um, telling their stories, but also being able to connect with others. Amazing. And so when did you realize that you wanted to take your love and your obvious talent for music kind of overseas and into these places? Was it during your university degree or... I think when I was in high school, I already had, I had a sense of adventure. I wanted to travel, but I remember family members and some friends laughing at me because I was the kind of person who would forget things. (laughs) 
and who would not be relied upon to travel alone <laughs> um, safely. But I remember saying, I'm going to try. And when I started university, when I was 19, I was doing my Bachelor of Music at the Melbourne Conservatorium. Um, I decided that that first year I was going to do like a solo one month backpacking up the East Coast in Australia. And then that was my first time traveling alone. It went well. And later on, throughout my university degree, there were various open doors that led me to Africa. And I, I visited Zimbabwe. There were various sort of uh, mission trips and working with street children, um, using music. And so I always committed to taking my summer break, sometimes my entire summer break, to yeah, do something out of Australia. How did you get your first overseas posting? How did that come about? In terms of work, my first was um, Afghanistan. And um, that's a whole nother story. But during my master, so this was 2016 to 17, I was doing a two-year master's of um, teaching um, in music education, and I decided to do two international placements. So most people wouldn't do an international placement at all, or if they did one, they would do one. But I decided to do two. One was in India and in Mumbai, and another was in the UAE, teaching at an international school. So those two opportunities were kind of like student teaching, but overseas. And I got really amazing references and experiences from that. Amazing. And so you've touched on your time in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. You were head of piano at the Afghanistan National Institute mm -hmm. of Music prior to the Taliban yeah. takeover. What was living and teaching music in Afghanistan like during this time? Yeah, I was there for three years. And um, throughout those three years, 2018 to last year, 21, it was really, uh, it was stressful many times because of the political situation and the, the dangers that were around because um, the threats were not just Taliban, you know, launching attacks in the capital city. It was also now um, ISIS. And um, yeah, throughout my time there, there were different attacks, usually on civilians, actually. And then um, quite a few on schools, on universities or um, girls' schools. And our school was a music school. And we had girls and boys studying music together, playing music together. And that was like the greatest threat, yeah, the, the danger um, of us bringing students together and bringing students together to play music. That was something unacceptable for the Taliban. So it was stressful and challenging, but it was also very rewarding work because I knew that we were the only ones doing it. Absolutely. It, it's incredible what you were doing during that time. I can't imagine what it would have been like for you, especially, you know, being a foreigner as well and living in another country going mm -hmm. through such turmoil. In what ways mm -hmm. in that context have you seen music create social change? Mm -hmm. um, it's just incredible. In, in the time that I was there, I got to see that most of the time boys get opportunities in that context and girls usually don't get as much opportunity even to study for a basic education. And so I got to see that there were girls who really um, pushed through, through the music education, through learning how to be a conductor, how to be a musician in their own right. They just developed a kind of self-awareness. They discovered that they enjoy doing this thing and that no one can really stop them. Of course, people can still stop them violently or forcefully or because of the social cultural environment. 
but like they they discovered that they have the the power to pursue something that they are passionate about and that they have that potential. The second thing that I saw was that there were boys who had a change of mindset, the way that they would see their their fellow um, students who were females, the way they might see their sisters or you know other women in their society, just because they got to see that. I remember one student saying, yeah, I realized over time playing in an orchestra that the girls can be just as good at, uh, as us playing violin or they could be better <laughs> and then they would <laughs> they would look a bit annoyed but like yeah so that changes things it changes how they see the other gender or the other side that they never had to think about or interact with very much on an equal level absolutely and so you were in Afghanistan for three years and now you're in Rwanda could you tell us a bit about your proposal to create a Rwandan Academy of Music Mm-hmm. I was doing a course. It was a, a course called the Global Leaders Program, bringing together 40 music change makers and people who are involved in music, education and um, social change. And so we created this proposal. And I mean, I've been coming to Rwanda the last few years and now I'm here. It's something that I'm passionate about with a few other friends, including Rwandan friends here. There are a few um, small like music initiatives or schools and programs. But in terms of like a dedicated academy of music um, that can cater to kids who don't afford it and those who can, that's something that I, I haven't seen yet. And so I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm just um, hoping and praying that in the near future that could be a reality here. Oh, it's, it's absolutely incredible what you're doing. You're someone who has taken their passion um, and their creativity and used this to make a difference in the world. Do you have any tips for someone, say, in high school or university, you know, is in a similar creative field and wants to do something with it? Do you have any tips for them to make a difference in the world? I remember my dad always saying, you start where you are, and then from there, things happen. So I remember when I was 19, I was first year at university, I was hoping, planning one day to travel and do things um, in Africa. I loved Africa. But like in Melbourne, I was like, where, where is my start? Where can I do something? And amazingly, I came upon this poster um, of this organization called The Song Room. And they are um, an Australian uh, nonprofit and they um, start music programs that are really quite um, innovative and tailored to the community, particularly communities that are um, in a low um, socioeconomic bracket. And so I, I started volunteering with them and I got to be part of like a school that had a high um, number of um, students from refugee backgrounds, um, particularly from Sudan and South Sudan. And then later on, I during the time where there was a bit of the refugee um, crisis and the you know the news on refugees coming in on the boats and things, I read the news and I was like, I need to meet someone who is in that situation rather than just reading the news. And so I searched up detention centers and then I found that there was one in the Western suburbs, I believe. And I started um, visiting this detention center. It was a detention center for families. And so I just got to know a lot of Afghan refugee families through that. And I started volunteering for some English programs and things like this. And so that's also how, when I went to Afghanistan, I actually already had Afghan friends in Australia 
So it wasn't completely new when I when I did step out. So I would encourage people to think about what's their start and where could that be, where they are right now um, at university or the communities that they're in. There's just plenty yeah, of work to do. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's really inspiring, great advice. And, you know, you've come so far, you've seen so many different countries and you've achieved a lot with your creative passion and desire to help people. What's next for you? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Um, so interestingly, um, <laughs> I have a fiance who is Rwandan. Uh, we just got engaged. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Ago. Yes. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't have someone when I came to Rwanda or during the years that I came here, but like, it's just amazing how things work. So he's a counselor and we both are musicians. And so we have a passion for combining these two things. Um, and if you know, in Rwanda, there's um, a huge um, emphasis on um, reconciliation work since the genocide. And so, yeah, we have a, a passion for these um, three areas of music education, um, counseling, particularly working with young people and helping them through um, various um, issues or conflicts that they may be going through in their community. And we believe that music can be therapeutic, not necessarily therapy, but it can be therapeutic. And then um, the field of counseling is also similar to music and the arts. And so just wanting to see how that can be combined yeah, so that we can join forces and um, impact different communities here. This brings me to my last question. We kind of ask all of our guests this. Is there something that you've read, watched or listened to that's had a big impact on yourself or your career? Okay, there were two books, one about Rwanda and one about Afghanistan. And I really believe that sometimes the things you read lead you where you're going to go in the future. It sort of plants a seed and you're like, it gives you a glimpse of like where you could be in the future. So yeah, one book was um, a biography of a lady who um, survived the genocide in Rwanda and how she just overcame so many crazy challenges and, and she ended up having a heart to help her own people. And then another book called three cups of tea by a man who uh, went to Afghanistan. I think he's from the U.S. Yeah, and he started schools um, in rural uh, villages, uh, particularly for girls. Later on, he wrote another book called Stones to Schools. Yeah, and that really inspired me in the line of education. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't really want to be just a musician or a performer. It's like I wanted to use music in a way of education. Incredible. Well, I'll definitely list those books in our episode description. But Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and about your travels and your experience and the work and all the exciting things you've got coming up in the future. So thank you so much. That's all for this Trailblazer episode, the first one back for 2022. Stay tuned for next week's in-depth episode, the last one in our season on the decline in democracy. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram and check out our website. Links are all in the episode description. We'll see you next week.